You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. Isn't it good to be in the presence of God? I want you to know there's, there's nowhere I'd rather be than in the presence of God. And to be here with you is just the great joy of my life. And we thank God for what he is doing among us at this time. We thank him for his presence and his goodness and his kindness. Well, if you were here last week, then you'd have heard uh, Pastor Esther uh, bring a word, preparing a place, are we ready? And she began by asking, are we ready for what God is doing? Are we ready for the people he is bringing? She said, you know, God doesn't step into places where the people are not ready. And you see this, this amazing thing, not only in Scripture and in the spirit of Elijah and John the Baptist and lots of places among his people. You see it in church history. You see it in revivals that, that where God comes and moves, he first seems to prepare a people who are preparing for him. And he does it in order to come because his, his heart is to make room for many others. And this whole cycle, if we can understand it, of preparation, that he prepares us to make a way for him because he's preparing a place for others to come. And if our hearts stay open, we can get caught up in this divine principle, preparing a place. We have a sense that in this season, God is preparing a place here. And I want to come on the back of last week's message and, and follow it. Uh, and bring a message, preparing a place. Not, not are you ready, that was last week, but are you willing? Are you willing? If you've got a Bible, will you turn with me to Luke chapter 1? And we'll cross over into chapter 2. These verses are often read at Christmas, but they are powerful verses as to how God works. What God does, I don't believe we see here just the incredible truth of the incarnation, although we do, we also see a way that God tends to work in our lives if we are open to him. This is what the Bible says, Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 36. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. And you're to call him Jesus. He will be great, one of the great understatements of the Bible. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over Jacob's descendants forever, and his kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and will. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. For she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I'm the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Or let it be unto me just as you have said. Then the angel left her. And if we track forward to the beginning of Luke chapter 2, 
uh, then we find that the time for the baby to be born has come. This is what the Bible says, Luke 2, breaking in at 4. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, watching over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord, or he is Christ, the Lord. Well, I don't know if these verses evoke Christmas emotions in any of you. Many of us, if we've been in and around church, we, we hear these verses at Christmas time. You know, it's only two months ago that we were gathering with our, our decorations up here, and we had our carol services, and many of you were wearing crazy Christmas jumpers, and you'd either already bought presents or you were realizing there was a deadline approaching to do that, and food was being prepared, and it was Christmas. You know, the truth is that these words are incredibly powerful as to how God works. I'm, I'm mindful today, as you came in the room, for most of you anyway, uh, there was a, a card on, on your chair, preparing a place, serving, and, and an opportunity to respond. And we'll come to that at the end. There is an opportunity for us to respond in a season of what God is doing. But I, I, I want you to hear me right today. This is, this is not about a recruitment drive or an appeal for volunteers. It is a prophetic word at what God is doing and a chance for us to respond if we want to. You see, God is calling us to prepare a place for others. You know, God is always in the business of preparing a place for others. Here in this story, it's a story about God preparing a place. It's, it's a story about a virgin girl and, and, and the one to whom she was betrothed to be married, Joseph. It's the story of the Christ child, but the incarnation, the Word becoming flesh and making His dwelling among us was all because God was preparing a place for us, that this holy child would live a sinless life and go willingly to a cross to be crucified for you and for me to, to take upon Himself the sin and the shame of every person that would receive Him and in three days to be raised again from the dead to conquer sin and the grave and to ascend to the Father. And He, this Jesus of whom we have been singing today, is coming again in glory to judge the living and the dead. But all that God would prepare a place to, to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to be called children of God. God has prepared a place for us and behind this story of what God is doing, he's preparing a place. He is always thinking of others. You know, we can be prone to sometimes think more about ourselves. You know, God is thinking of us, but he's also thinking of others. I don't know if, if anybody came today thinking, oh, I hope I can get a decent space in the car park. I, I hope I can sit in the place I like to sit at church. I hope they sing the songs that I like. I hope the sermon is relevant to me. I hope there's a biscuit left over when I go for my cup of tea. Now, I'm sure there's nobody here who would ever think like that because we're always thinking of others, but hello. 
One person was honest in the first service. But God is always thinking of others. We can get comfortable, but he's preparing a place, and he's calling us to prepare a place for others. I'd like us to notice four things about this incredible story about how God tends to prepare a place. Number one, he conceives what he has planned. I wonder if we can say that together. He conceives what he has planned. The God that we serve, the God of heaven, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He is the God of conception and birth. He is the God of seed time and harvest. This is his idea. The one who could just make it all happen. Instead, he releases seed. He, he creates Adam and Eve and he sets them up in order to give birth. It's how God works. And in the natural, so in the spiritual. And when God is on the move, he tends to conceive something in the heart of somebody. I believe that, that the Lord is... His eye is ranging across the earth to looking for humble and open and surrendered hearts into whom he can conceive a God-given idea. It's why some of you are pregnant with a call. You might not be expecting a physical baby, but you're pregnant with something. There's a call on your life. There's something that stirs. There's a, there's a desire to do something. There's a, a business idea or a, a ministry burden or a passion or a desire or something that you can't shake off. A sense that God is positioning you and calling you in some way for kingdom impact. Something can happen. For me as a, as a young man starting to try and come to terms with what I was carrying it wasn't manifest yet, but I knew I was carrying something. Hello? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Because God looks for humble hearts in who, into whom he can conceive something. And we have to learn to carry it. This is the way that he works. And, and when God is on the move, he will conceive something in the hearts of people. We can try and push it away sometimes, and some of us have done that. Or maybe we've tripped up, or we've fallen over, or we've got things wrong, and, and we thought that can never happen. And then time goes by, and we're in the presence of God, and something starts to kick again, because it actually never died. God is in the business of conceiving. You know, Jesus could have appeared as a fully grown man out of a glory cloud, out of a fire, he could have come from within the most holy place. Now, within theology, we understand that to be fully man and fully God, to reconcile humanity to himself, he had to be conceived of the Spirit and born of a virgin. And so within the mystery and the miracle of the incarnation, there is God's eternal plan. But it's also his way. It's why David carried such a passion for the presence of God, why he, he goes to all lengths to bring the ark. Why? Because he was pregnant with something for the nation, to the kingdom to come and be established. He couldn't, he couldn't do without it. It's why Moses burned with a, with a passion for the Hebrew slaves, raised for, in Pharaoh's house with a great life, but he was pregnant with something. You read through the Bible, Paul's great burden for, for the church and the gospel, it's unquenchable. He gets thrown in prison, he gets beaten, he gets lashed, but he, he cannot stop carrying something that God has put within him. Nehemiah's anguish that the walls were broken down. 
I hope you hear me right. If our hearts are open, we'll all be pregnant. Eighty-three years ago, a couple, Eddie and Mary Durham, who I, I never met, but they birthed this church. And I've got to believe that, that God put something in them, a, a desire, something, conceived an idea in them to do something that they couldn't shake off. Probably the rational mind without a church being established here in the middle of the great economic depression of the 1930s. It probably wasn't that they thought we'd really love to do this. It was more likely they couldn't get rid of something God put within them. And so they birthed it. And it's very likely they never saw us in their spirits. But God saw us because he was preparing a place. In the previous generation of the leadership of this church, the, the, the leadership, that they knew that the building that they had, which is demolished now but was on the car park, was too small. It was small for them, but they got a sense that God wanted to do something different. And after years of prayer and wrestling and schemes and ideas, they, they made a decision that the building that we now sit in and that we worship in should be built. And they took this massive step of faith. Why? Because they were pregnant with something and they knew they had to give birth. Why? Because God was preparing a place for you. This is how God works. It's an incredible principle. It's, a, it's an amazing thing. Mick, Mick and Sandra Bonner, the, the previous pastors of this church who led this campaign who were in our first service, they, they, they wrote this little booklet that I'm so glad I got hold of. Ten years ago, it went out. And at that time, they were in a smaller building. There's about 200 of them. And Mick writes about this project. They can see something, but it hasn't come to pass yet. But he says, I can already imagine hundreds gathering to worship. I can see young people and children meeting together in purpose-built facilities. And I believe if we use what we are given, the dream will become reality. Well, my friends, it's come to pass. I, I caught Mick between the service. I said, Mick, it's come to pass. The dream has become reality. Who would have believed it within 10 years? The many hundreds that you were carrying, well, you've given birth, mate. So I said to him, look what you've birthed. Mick being mixed, oh, glory to God. <laughs> Nothing to do with me. What an incredible thing. You know, three years ago, we shifted from one morning service to two because our service had become full. You know, it's easy in hindsight to look back, but on that threshold, you never know if something's going to work. You move from a more optimal time to, to meet to two less optimal times to meet. You don't know if it's going to work. But within three years, I mean, look around. We filled too. Why? Because God had conceived something. He's preparing a place. And through November and December of last year, we met to pray as elders. We talked for months. We were determined we didn't want to produce something of our own making. You know, we're never going to do that as a leadership. We're not going to do something because others are doing something. We're saying, Lord, what is your plan? What is your timing? And we had this clear sense that, that the Lord said, now's the time. And so we, in four weeks' time, we launch an evening service on Sundays, the 6th at CLM on the 17th of March. 
You know, as we gathered and we prayed, there was just a sense that God was speaking to us about people getting saved, was speaking to us about sons and daughters. There were vivid prophetic pictures about us lowering ladders out of a, a castle to let others in. There was this whole sense as we prayed and as we worshiped, like God was allowing us to see what he sees, was to prepare a place for others to come. And there was a sense there was no room for misinterpretation or our own consideration. There was a sense that we said, okay, Lord, we've got to do this. And so the time comes. The second thing that we notice in this story, though, that I find amazing, it's so profound, is that he entrusts us to play our part. He conceives something that he's planned, but then he entrusts us to play our part. The Holy Spirit comes upon Mary, but then do you notice Mary is left to carry the baby? Now, I'm not saying that God wasn't with her, that God wasn't watching over her, But Mary carries the baby. Mary has to get to Bethlehem. And the Bible says the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth. In case you missed it, let me say it again. Conceived of the Holy Spirit, but she, she gave birth. Who gave birth? And all the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit conceived it, but she pushed it out. Seriously, it's like this was, I don't believe that the Holy Spirit came and said, well, because this is a holy one, I will just take over, ta-ta, the baby. (laughs) It says, the time came for the baby to, and she gave birth. And this is what happens because God plans for something. He plans to make room. He conceives something in us. But then he leaves us. If say he leaves us, he is with us, but he allows us and he entrusts us that we might give birth to what he has conceived within us. Yeah. Let me illustrate this. There are two ladies, part of this church. Five years ago, they came to me. They're both working in regular jobs and they, they said, look, Pastor, will you, will you pray with us? We, we believe, we've prayed over this for months and months. We can't shake it off. We believe God has given us this business idea. And they shared with me what their idea was. And, I, and, and in my spirit, I had a resonance that God was in this. And I had to say, look, I, I have to put a disclaimer here. Because if this doesn't work, I don't think I've got the financial prowess to back you up. But I sense God is in this. God has conceived something within them. He'd given them this idea that, that they could run with that was part of their purpose. But the reality is that then for a season of time, they worked two jobs. The reality was that they got registered, that they met the bank manager, that they stepped out in faith, that they took a loan, that that they got trained and they got certified, that they worked hard, that they built a website, that they pitched for business, that they won a contract, that the business came in and they had to employ staff and they had to learn recruitment and they had to set up a payroll and they had to do all the things they'd never learned how to do. And every step of the way, they're praying for God's help. And they had late nights and early mornings, but by the grace of God, it came to pass. But I want to tell you, you, although he helped them, they gave birth. And in their sphere of influence, they, they've been kingdom bringers. They've been able to employ so many people and, and show something of the love of God. They've been able to invest financially into the kingdom because God conceived something, but they pushed it out. And this is what happens. And, you know, it might be that God has put something in you. Well, there will come a time and timing is everything in birth. We all know that. Don't ever try and give birth to something prematurely, but God might have put a call in you, but when the time comes, you're going to have to push. 
because this is how it works. Will he help you? Yes. Is he with you? Yes. Will he favor you? Yes. Will he enable us to come to us? Yes, but he won't do it all for you because it's not how it works. And here as a church, I don't just want to speak corporately, but we must speak corporately at this moment. Because my friend, if you're just coming here because you like the worship or you like the coffee or the, the parking's free because someone else paid for it, like, help me. If you're part of a house that God's building, we're at a juncture because we're pregnant again. You know, maybe some of you come to church out of sense of duty or discipline. Maybe you've failed to see or temporarily forgotten that God is at work here. God is bringing people. God has seen a city and a community and a region and his heart burns for them and he's looking for people like us, us and other churches where there is a willing heart to say, Lord, what do you want us to do? And by your grace, we'll do it. You know, sometimes what God calls us to can seem impossible. It can seem too big. It can seem too weighty. I don't know. Have you ever noticed how childbirth is a miracle? Childbirth is a miracle. You know, I mean, we know. A little joy on the second row. and We know that when a lady becomes pregnant, the, the baby will come. But you know, if you'd never known... If you were Adam and Eve, and the first time a baby is ever born, there comes a point where Adam's going to look at Eve and go, this ain't going to work. You've got too big. I don't know what's happened here, but this isn't possible. This isn't going to work. I don't mean to be crude or, or even biological, but there comes a point where the bump is too big for any exit option. But with God, all things are possible. <laughs> with God, all things are possible. You know, for us as a, as a leadership, you know, we can look at this year. And we can look at what God is calling us to. And we can look at the leadership development and the ministries and the mission. And the opportunity and the open doors and the mission partners. We can, we can look at, at what God is, is stirring within us of new ideas. We, we can look at the demands of other churches calling upon us for help. And, and we can think, Lord, I, I don't know if I can carry this. I don't know if we can deliver this. Hello? I don't know. I don't know if this is possible. I don't know if we've got the leaders or the resource. But let me tell you, we've come to learn this. That what God conceives, he brings to birth. And he will enable us to do what might look to be impossible. And so Mary gave birth. What an incredible thing. You know, I thank God for us as a church, the, the serving in ministries, the Monday to Saturday ministries, the kingdom bringers into every sphere of society. And those that invest in people that love and care and pray and disciple and Give of time and give of finance that encourage and lift up, that press on tirelessly, that reach out in mission, the kingdom bringers. And for those on, on Sundays who, who make this place work, you know, what an incredible team of people that make this place work. You know, I came in here at 7.15 this morning. There's already a team of people vacuuming the carpet. But you know what, what we say? You're not vacuuming the carpet. You're preparing holy ground. Because today, someone can meet with God. Someone might need to kneel down that you're preparing a place for them to meet with God.
out on the car park, those that, that are there to, to guide and, and to bring safety, but also to bring a first welcome. Those that serve, come rain or shine. You know, on some summer, summer Sunday mornings with the sun shining, it's beautiful. And we say, wow, it's a nice day to be on car park. Let me tell you, sometimes it's lashing with rain and it's minus two degrees. And they're still out there smiling, welcoming. The worshippers, the sound engineers, the technicians who rehearse and serve, the, the stewards who, who welcome, who serve, who usher, the refreshments team who prepare and are often the, the last ones here, those that serve on child check-in and keep our children safe, the little treasures team. Last week, I, I went out during the, the sermon and just stuck my head into some different rooms. And Well, I, I get locked out of all the kids' rooms because of safeguarding. I have to knock and go, it's okay, I've got my pass. And they let me in. But the little treasures, it's great. And there's like, there's 21 little ones, twos to fours, and they were doing the lost sheep and everyone had to hide. Everyone came back, but there was one missing. And it was Joshua who was under the sofa. And they're bringing the Bible to life with twos to fours. What an awesome team, our treasure kids team that, that are investing in our fours to elevens to grow up in the ways of God. Having so much fun, but learning the word together. I went down last week, saw Sunday Sessions in Action. Just such an incredible team of many of our, of our, our young adults and our upper-end youth serving with some of our, our younger teenagers. Just an amazing space and time investing in our young people. Those that host the parent and baby room, that prepare communion, that host our welcome area, that capture moments on camera that we can put on our social media to reach out to a wider world. The prayer ministry team, always ready in faith to stand with someone. Those that run special sessions like Baptism Explained. And our team's lounge team that serve the teams, the team that serve the teams. <laughs> what an incredible thing. And I, I want to say, if actually, if, if you're on any of those teams, just for one moment, would, would you stand with me now. If you serve in any of those areas, just, just stand for me right now. So we, we do two things. Number one, number one, we can say thank you. And I want, can we say thank you to, to these people who serve and make it work? But you know what? Just say stand for a You know what I want to say? Is that three years ago, we went to double. And 500 people have been added. And I want to say, you pushed it out. You, made, you gave birth to that. Esther and I, we could not have done that. But we thank God. We thank God. You, look around. If, if you've come in here in the last three years, you just thank these guys because they made room for you. But here's the challenge. We're pregnant again, so you need to sit down. Thank you. Wow. What an incredible thing. And so the Lord speaks again. You know, you could say, is this, is this not enough? Are you not satisfied? I want to say humbly, it's not our vision, it's his vision. It's not our timing we're trying to run to, it's his timing. And we have a, a, an irrefutable sense that the Lord, as we come to the 17th of March and this service at six, that the Lord wants to do something and maybe wants to make some room in this service as some switch to make the evening service their service. But as others will come into that evening space, and we, we need, as some move to the evening, we're going to need to backfill some teams in the mornings, but we're also going to need a team for the evening. 
We're going to need a team to make it work, to pray, to gather, to build a life-giving atmosphere, to be ready, to do whatever is needed. In fact, we probably need four teams so everyone can serve one in four, which is our normal run rate. And, you know, the truth is we have our plan, but who knows if you've ever given birth, you may have your birthing plan, but when it comes to pass, birthing plans don't always work out the way you hope them. Hello? Can any ladies say amen? amen. Right. I've been there at three births. We had a birthing plan for our first child. It went so spectacularly out the window, we didn't even bother for two and three. And we have a birthing plan for this service, but we're saying, oh Lord, help us. And I can't tell you exactly how it's going to work, but what we need is a willing spirit that says, I want to be involved with what God is doing. I want to be entrusted to play my part. And on our teams, of course, some require expertise like our worship team. You can't do what Pete does overnight. I've tried. (laughs) They let me in for one audition once. They said you need to do some more work. Some teams require DBS checks and obviously with every team we try and give coaching and and help so you never feel embarrassed or vulnerable. And it's, it's actually a brilliant, brilliant way to connect with other people and to belong. It's one of the great forms of community in our church and and to move from being a consumer to being an owner and it's actually a beautiful thing to serve alongside others and we we ask for most of our teams that people serve one in every four weeks and most of our serving teams just ask two things number one that you believe in Jesus and why is that important well it's just important because for us we we want anybody that wears a CLM lanyard if someone said what's going on here Tell me about this Jesus we're singing about, that that anybody could answer, that anybody could pray. If you're not yet a Christian, we love it that you're here and we pray that that you'll come to know his love for you and saving grace. The second thing that we ask for is that you are on a positive discipleship journey. What we mean by that is not that you're already perfect, but that if there are areas of your life you know you need to put right, you're working positively to try and do that, that your posture is teachable and open. And if it isn't, we'd encourage you to focus on sorting that area of your life out next. But it's really a low threshold for most of us. But the third thing I want to notice here is that he has no regard for convenience. God has no regard for convenience. You know, the world has gone convenience mad, can I say. Now, a hundred years ago, the invention of the motor car was one thing. But like right now, it's not the dishwasher or the, the washing machine that when you and the microwave, when I was growing up with smartphones, you can do everything from your bed, Deliveroo, Uber Eats. You know, some people resent having to go to the toilet because they have to get out of bed. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the, the Nike Adapt BB. I think we can see them on the screen. The, these have just been launched. Yes. Have you got a pair? Not yet. These are self-tying trainers. You put them, they are a proper uh, commercial basketball trainer. You put them on your foot and they close, you, you use an app to tighten them around your foot. I mean, why bend down when you can use your phone? Right. And for only 350 pounds, a pair can be yours. And I know some of you have already moved to, I must have a pair. Maybe in 20 years, some of us will be going, do you remember laces? Do you 
you remember we did that thing for years? Wasn't that ridiculous? Just, thank you. I'm good to go. Trousers, thank you. It's just all on my, oh, I just need my phone. I'm good to go. Wow. Convenience, man. Let me tell you this. God has no regard for convenience. He's not interested in our convenience. You look, at th- look through the Bible. Look at the stories of the Bible. God is never looking for convenience. He's looking for faith, and he's looking for willing. And here with Mary, if you've missed the point, it was not particularly convenient. Amen. As a virgin to conceive, to be with child, to be misunderstood in your community, to, to have to talk to the one to whom you're betrothed, to be married, to, to, to pray that an angel might visit him and thank God. He, they did, but not only that, but then the baby comes and there's a census and you have to go 108 miles because the census wasn't in Nazareth, it's in Bethlehem. 108 miles, by the way, is like going from Coventry to Manchester, only there's no cars, there's foot and there's donkey. The Bible doesn't tell us how she got there, but she got there. But let me tell you this, it wasn't particularly convenient. Most ladies want to prepare a nursery, want to prepare that space. I can remember, I'm not... I'm not renowned for doing things ahead of time. And I can remember before our first child being born, you know, Esther talking about preparing the nursery. And I'm like, what's the due date? Oh, we're fine. She's like, sometimes babies can come early. I said, oh, we'll be all right. That's like about three weeks to go. And then Esther's painting, at which point I'm like, it's okay, I'll do it, I'll do it, all right? <laughs> Saw the, the Chand nursery for little Joel. It's all there, the cot and the, the Moses basket. In preparation for the baby. Not for Mary. There's not even a guest room. It sounds all Christmassy and lovely, doesn't it? She laid him. She laid him in a manger. <laughs> a manger? Why is it called a manger? Because it's mangy. It's like it's it's like it's a feeding trough. It was not very convenient. Now some of us we want it to be about our convenience. 2001, I was working for a global company and I was called into church leadership and the Lord had been speaking to me for some time and, and it time, came time for the baby to be born. But let me tell you, it was not very convenient. I knew that my salary was going to halve. I knew I was going to lose my benefits package. But in that particular year, I'd got promoted to a certain stage in the company that meant I, could, I was eligible for profit share. And the the company had had a really great year. And there was a big bonus due in January, but you had to get to January. And the Lord decided it would be a really good time for the baby to come at the end of the year, but not in the new year. Which means I get nothing of the profit share. And I knew that on a Thursday I was going to give my notice in. And on the Monday, my company car had done a certain amount of miles, which meant I was given a form to fill in to, to order the speck and color of my brand new BMW that, by the way, I was never going to drive. Not very convenient. I suggested to the Lord that maybe another few months would be a great idea. Guess what he said? I'll be with you. Because that's what he always says. He doesn't say, oh, okay, yeah, I get it. That's fine. He says things like, I'll be with you. I'll be with you. And a new season, my friends, is upon us. Maybe it's been convenient to let someone else serve, to let someone else set the chairs out, let someone else clean the toilets, to serve 
let someone else serve on the teams and, and, and make church what it is. But there's an opportunity right now as God and with us includes us and entrusts us to prepare a place for many others that will come in the coming season to say, I thank God for a great welcome I've received and I'm going to make myself available to give someone the welcome that I had when they stepped through these doors. But we need to remember this finally. And I think this is so important that we, we capture this and don't lose sight of this. Fourthly, he reveals his glory. The child is born, and the Bible says that there were shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around. And it gets me every time, because the glory of the Lord shone around. Whenever God conceives something, if we carry it and we birth it with his help, if we push past our convenience, what happens is that the glory of the Lord shines around. Someone gets saved. Someone gets healed. Someone gets called. Someone's life gets transformed. And they go on because this is how the kingdom works because it's a seed principle kingdom that their lives are transformed. And in time, they transform others' lives. And the glory of the Lord comes not to tens, but to hundreds and to thousands and tens of thousands because God is in the business of preparing a place for the many. I tell you, whenever we respond to him, the glory of the Lord shines around, salvation to the nations. And our expectation as we launch this service by the grace of God is that in time, hundreds will come to him. Hundreds will find him here on this site was conceived by Eddie and Mary Durham because God put a burden in them but now it's 2019 and it's our day but the healings and miracles and signs and wonders will come and many will receive a call in this place some to stay but some to go to the nations of the earth and then I expect we'll conceive again and the Lord will put something else in us whether it's a fourth service or a campus or a plant or a building. I, I don't know. But as I come into land today, I, I want to bring us right back to Mary's response because your response and my response, it really needs to be her response because when the angel, angel comes, she said, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be unto me just as you have said. And if I get stuck in my own convenience, I've totally missed the point and I've missed the privilege of being a part of His glory. But if my heart will respond and I can say I'm the Lord's servant, let it be to me exactly if you said. We get to play our part in what the Lord is doing. I love Mary's heart. He set it against Zechariah in the previous chapter who is questioning and disbelieving. And she just says, may it be to me as you've said. She gets written into God's eternal story. What an extraordinary role she played in God's salvation plan. She paved the way for the glory of the Lord. And in a couple of minutes, we'll give you an opportunity to consider whether at this time you could say, yeah, I, I want to play my part here. Let me say we're not looking to twist somebody's arm. In fact, it would be better that you don't fill the form in than you fill it in in the emotion of the moment and then can't deliver. But for some, it's time. It's over three years since we gave an express opportunity in a service like this for people to get involved in Sunday teams. It's good that we bring it round and we make it accessible and easy. And we're aware a number of people came in. We had to put extra chairs. If, you, if you've not got one of these right now, could you just raise 
your hand. And we're, before we pray, we're just going to move to taking a moment with this. And I know the stewards tried to get to most people. If you got one of these on your seat when you came in, I wonder if you could take it right now. Excuse me going from shifting gear from preaching into, into this, but sometimes our, our heart response has to become an action response. And there's an opportunity not just to say amen, but to say, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? And so this is what we're going to do. And I want to say, if, if you're already serving on a team and, and your plan is to stay, we don't need you to fill one of these in to tell us what you're doing because we've got that. But we know some people actually who've been serving in the morning and they say, I'm so excited about what God's going to do in the evening. Let me serve in the evening. Some people are saying, let, let me do it on a different day someday. And on that day, I'll just serve the day. We're not especially looking for that response, although that's wonderful, because it's a great opportunity for some others of us to step up and say, I, I'm going to play my part in what the Lord is doing. And so you'll see here, preparing a place as your details. If you're under the age of 18, if you take that first box and then on the back, if you could just put a parent or carer name and number, that would help us. And then your current involvement, it will just help us if you're currently on a team or teams or if you're not currently on a Sunday team. And then getting involved in two really simple things. Number one, the six, where you'd say, I'm up for making it work. And you might want to know more about exactly what that means. And I'm sorry, I don't know right now. Because some of it depends a little bit on who responds today. Because if there's three of us, we're on every week. But if there's a lot of us, we can share it around. And let me tell you, there's a lot more than three of us because we had a first service. So we'll be in touch and we'll talk to you. But you might want to say, yeah, I'd, I don't know if I'm going to switch to the evening, but I, I'm up for making it work. But some of you might say, I, I want to be involved in the morning. Maybe I can be a part of strengthening team or backfilling as other people switch to the evening. And it's all a bit messy, but isn't it glorious sometimes when in the kingdom it's all a bit messy? We're a fairly organized church, but sometimes it's good to say, Lord, I don't know how this is going to work, but I believe it's going to work. And the Lord's going to help us. And if you need a pen, just raise a hand right now. I'm literally going to give you a couple of minutes to fill this in. If this is for you and you can get involved. I know yesterday we had about 60 people at a worship audition and maybe you're, you're in that and you don't know how that's going to work. Just If your heart is to say, look, I want to get involved, just write that down and we'll work it all out. While that team are processing yesterday. And what's going to happen is I'm going to give you two or three minutes to fill this in and then I'm going to pray. And then we're going to stand together and we're going to sing and worship and then Esther will speak a blessing. And then at the end of that, we're going to invite you, if you fill this in, to come down the front. Two reasons why it's down the front. Number one, this is a response of worship. And number two, we haven't got room anywhere else. You come down the front and just connect with one of our team. We'll be wearing an orange lanyard just so we can check, we can read your handwriting and work out a couple of things and we'll be in touch. We're going to process this this week. And maybe you're here and you're saying, oh, I'm not sure quite how it's all going to work. It's okay. If you've got a willing heart, we'll work it out with you. If you need to take this away and pray over it and consider and bring it back and put it in the offering next week, that's fine. But the two minutes is yours right now. Why doesn't the band come? I'll give you two minutes and then I'll pray.
Thank you for your patience here. And thank you especially for your involvement. If you're saying yes, let me be a part of what God is doing. thank you that you who could do everything you want to do without us you choose to use us and involve us we thank you Lord that if you find our hearts open you impregnate us with a call you allow us to play our part in fact you entrust us to play our part we thank you Lord that your heart is always for the others and you allow us who left our own devices would be way too selfish most of us but you let us be a part of something that's big-hearted when we keep in step with you. And I pray, God, as we as a church step into another season, we pray for your glory. Let your glory shine around. Let Let this be a place where people can come and find you, the presence of God Almighty. May there be a well of salvation opened on this site that never runs dry, that week in, week out, People are coming to you and finding you for the first time. Let this be a place where chains are broken and lives are set free and turned around where broken lives are made whole and where your call comes to a thousand people to go and be the people you've called them to be. We pray, would you help us to give birth? Help us to push into the next phase of what you're doing. Deliver us from selfishness. Let your glory be revealed in this place for the honor of your name, we pray. And the people of God said, Amen.